0: Hello and welcome to another episode of the Lookout Landing Podcast. My name is Kate Pruiser. I am the site manager for Lookout Landing. And I am joined today not by John Troopin, who unfortunately is busy with other things this week, but staff writer Matthew Roberson. Matthew, how are you?
1: I'm I'm doing okay. I'm doing about as well as a person who has to follow this team can do. It's yeah. been one of those things where I'm trying to look at other things in life that maybe aren't the Mariners and think about other ways to spend my time and to uh, exert energy.
0: Which is great and healthy, and I recommend for everyone. In fact, why are you listening to this podcast? Like, turn it off right now. Go do do something else.
1: Yeah. Unless you're, like, on a
0: treadmill or doing something healthy with your time, in which case, Mm. good on you. Way to get a jump on all those people who will be flooding into the gym come January 1st. You can really claim squatter's rights.
1: Yeah, ooh, it's on the squat rack too. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, actual squatters' right. I've never been to a gym, so I have no idea what you're talking about. Uh, what? I know what a squat rack is. You, okay.
0: Well, it's a question for a different time. <laughs> We've got a lot to cover. Yeah, I can't get into why. We're not here get to talk into about why... me, Kate. What?
1: We're not here to talk about me. I mean, my, we uh, are, kind of.
0: But we have to at least kind of pretend to talk about the baseball because there's been a lot of it, and we haven't done a podcast in a long time, um, partially owing to the team just being too depressing to think about. Yeah. Um, but also, <coughs> and I apologize, I will be coughing throughout this. I have, uh, I, I'm pretty sure it's TB. I think it's TB. I, I think I have TB. Yeah. Um, yeah. So like when my voice goes, like we just have to. The podcast just has to be over. I've had this cold for like a month and people are like, why don't you go to the doctor? And I'm like, what's it like to be a
1: millionaire? Yeah. So what are the doctor? I don't even, are you speaking English? I don't know what these words are. What is this word? Doctor. Saw it in a movie once. Yeah. Uh, It seemed horrible. And he had
0: lots of animals. It seemed very cute. I now understand what I was watching was fictional and about Dr. Dolittle uh all right oh hello department of seamless transitions speaking of
1: doctors wow <laughs> oh, it,
0: it was right there it God, was right there.
1: professionals
0: yeah i deal with i i deal with my pain through uh, uh joking about it so obviously we're gonna tackle the big news right off the bat which is the accusations by the former director of high performance for the mariners dr lorena martin um, came out with a statement on her social media. Uh, what was it? We were going to a basketball game. We were going to a basketball game. Yeah, November twelfth was it? That
1: day was such a whirlwind for me because if I remember correctly, too, the news broke like late afternoon, which it is did. like the worst time for you know people who are reading it to get the news because it's like, oh well, I had a whole day and now my day is shit because of this mm-hmm. news. Mm-hmm. And it like we were, like you said, we were doing something, watching my uh, beloved University of San Diego Toreros lose to the Huskies in basketball, which is
0: barely, 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 it was, yeah, much closer well. than it probably should have been.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah. Shout out to uh, USD has a player named Yawin Masalski who's from Belarus, and in the program that UW gave us, his high school was listed as Gymnasium Number Fifteen. <laughs> I was like how yes, I mean, honestly, if I am drafting I a him.
0: basketball player, that's what I want his high school to be, right? And any kind of any kind of player I'm thinking about drafting, I want their school to be listed just as a gym.
1: Yeah, I don't want him to even know what a book is. I want him to just be <laughs> basketball.
0: Exactly. Uh, unlike you, who does not know apparently what the inside of a gym looks like.
1: No, but I've I've read a couple books, and I gotta say they're good. <laughs> like
0: they, books. they seem interesting <laughs> um so this was i i mean we went like largely as a staff to as a kind of a staff outing thing um and it was just it was such a crushing feel i like to i couldn't even participate in the game like i couldn't get really excited about it because a lot of my emotional energy was devoted to thinking about this um, which, shout out to everybody who has commented on the site and said, why don't you just think about something else? I can compartmentalize this. Yeah, oh, that should, that must be great for you. Um, that's that's not... what we should do. Yeah, I mean, totally. If there was a switch, I could flip, where like I just was able to completely not respond to the, or internalize or feel those accusations at all. I would be so happy to do it. Uh, but the thing about baseball being intersectional is... For as much joy as I, as a woman, felt seeing Dr. Martin take this, you know, this position that was lauded as revolutionary in the industry and we were going to start doing stuff in baseball that hadn't been done before and it was a woman of color who's going to lead it, for all those feelings of excitement, all that high is now an equal amount of low for me personally and I think for a lot of other people who were similarly excited to see baseball open and expand in this way. And uh, I just, I can't explain the psychic toll it has taken on me. It, I'm not lying when I say, like, I woke up the next morning and had that moment of like, oh, I had the worst dream, and then I was like, oh no. No, it's just the same as my living nightmare of having been born and bred a Mariners fan. Um and it sucks. Like I hate to be negative on the I've always been one of the people who kind of holds out a lot of positivity for the team. I take no joy in their failure. Um again, despite what other people what what some may say, um it hurts. It hurts. This failure hurts because on one level, either she's completely making it up and that still reflects badly on the team for maybe not vetting her properly, maybe not checking her references thoroughly enough, maybe not knowing the right people, maybe not supporting or you know maybe the truth is somewhere in between where she felt not supported and she felt like she was being asked to do things that were not achievable within the strictures that she had been given or maybe none of maybe it's all true and they're all horrible people who need to immediately lose their jobs. There is, as John pointed out, no good way out of this situation.
1: It it sucks to have to like rethink this whole situation of Dr. Martin being hired, because at the time that it happened, I think for me personally, and probably for a lot of fans, it was really cool to see the Mariners not only hire a woman, but hire a Latina woman for a job that no other team had like it was incredibly innovative on a lot of fronts and for a a franchise like the Mariners who have been prior to that I mean you had just years of futility obviously but also like Jack Zarensic was about as old school as they come and you know now we have this new regime and they're young and they're trying things and it's like okay well now we're not at least like banging our head against the wall and wondering why we're getting dumber it's like we can at least point to this if it fails we can still point to it and be like well we tried like at least we weren't you know signing mike morse for the fourth time or whatever like we can actually put some like some respect on this franchise that had been so bad because at least they were trying to move into the next wave of baseball and thinking and all that and now you know not very long after it's like you said either dr martin is lying or Jerry DePoto, Scott Service, Andy McKay were saying these racist, sexist things, and none of that is good. Like, it's bad for every person involved, including the fans in some respect. Like, I don't want to make this about us, but, like, with all the emotional labor we give to the team, it's like, these things are gonna take their toll, and, like, it's hard to fault anyone who's kind of checked out or is, like, thinking about not renewing season tickets or anything like that, because... The whole situation went from, like, yay, progress, to boo, racism (laughs) so quickly, like, in an unthinkable fashion, too, like, because when Jerry DePoto, like, became this, you know, this very online general manager in some respects, like, doing the podcast and, like, trying to make himself, like, a public figure, it was hard to fathom that he could also be, like, openly racist and sexist, because... Like, obviously, this isn't really the point, but you would think that even if he was saying racist or sexist things, that he'd be smart enough to <laughs> not do it publicly, right?
0: Yeah. Like, that's I, a weird
1: take on it, but it's the truth.
0: No, absolutely. I think that this is, there's a definitely a, a cynical part of like, whereas I'm glad we're hearing about this, and I'm glad we have an opportunity to kind of see this unfold in real time versus the accusations of sexual harassment that against Kevin Mather that kind of quietly got swept under the rug. And right. we never saw those, <clears throat> we never saw that res resolved in real time. It was 10 years after the fact. So, uh, here's something that's an accusation that's been leveled in the now that we can see how the organization responds to. And I have to be honest, the organizational response has not been great. Um, Yeah, The statements that they've put out have been, some of them were hastily worded, they had grammar errors in them, they didn't, I mean I think you can read that partially as this is an organization that wasn't, they weren't prepared for this, they were not ready for her to strike out the way that she did, and in some ways maybe that's good because maybe that forces a reckoning, like they can't just pay her to be quiet and go away there's going to have to be sort of an airing of dirty laundry that happens here. Um, but at the same time, the statements I thought were our, our staff lawyer, Tim was asking like, where where are the lawyers in this? Where, where are the lawyers for each side that are right. um, measuring these statements a little more carefully? Probably the most damning to me was when the Mariner's official statement dropped her title, dropped the doctor from her name, and made it Ms. Martin, which was yeah, that was <clears throat> just so petty. And, like, when you're the bigger organization in something, um, I think your job is to not look petty. Um, so that was, I thought that was a bad look.
1: Yeah. Um, the statement was like, have you seen that Mariah Carey gif where, like, a reporter asked her a question, and she's like, oh, I don't know her. Like, that's kind of what it felt like the Mariners were doing. They were immediately trying <laughs> To distance themselves from her, despite like being so proud of themselves when they hired her. Yeah, it's it's so gross. You know what it feels like? Have you ever been taking out the trash and then the trash bag breaks and now everybody can see your trash and it's like <laughs> on display? And you're like, and you
0: have to stand there like you're king of it, like yeah. you're king of your trash heap.
1: Yeah, and yeah. Then you're like, okay, how do I get this trash back into a neat and orderly fashion? without it becoming too big of a problem and the answer is of course you can't it's too late the bag already broke and all your trash is in the lawn and yeah, everybody's like...
0: seen your trash
1: and they're like oh it's that bad like <laughs> you had that much trash we didn't know about that how,
0: how many panda express containers are there
1: yeah like oh he's depressed depressed we don't know <laughs> that so that's what this feels like but in all seriousness this is the last thing i want to say about it like these allegations are very real and should be approached with like diligence and care and I'm glad that people that are way smarter and more qualified than I are talking about it because we're getting you know like obviously we like to joke around and like try to just you know frame things in a way that's not just sadness all the time but these are like very disheartening very serious things and you know no matter what comes out of it like we shouldn't just you know Don't let Lorena Martin get swept under the rug of history. No. This is something that's, like, as much as we hate it, it's going to be a stain on the Mariners' organization, and we have to live with that. Like, it's not just going to go away. And same for Kevin Mather, for that matter. Like, we can't just, you know, snap our fingers and make it all go away.
0: And, you know, for all that the Mariners could have done, I think, as an organization, after the Kevin Mather stuff came, like, they could have gone much more transparent with, like, These are the kinds of procedures we have in place. And I understand there's always, like, a desire to keep things a little bit private. Like, what happens in-house stays in-house. Private, like, what happens in-house stays in-house. You might not be a publicly owned company, but you're a company that serves or trades on the public good. Like, you're dealing with people's childhoods and nostalgia and... Part of that is you have a very serious responsibility, I think, when you are the caretaker of a lot of people's fandoms. You have a responsibility to act in a way that... You have a moral obligation, I think. I've been watching a lot of The Good Place, can you tell? Mm -hmm. You have a moral obligation to serve your fan base in a way that makes people proud to be Mariners fans. And we haven't had a lot on the field to be proud about, but we've always, I think been proud of the work that the Mariners do off the field, um, been proud of the inclusion initiatives that they've had and, um, gay pride night at the ballpark and different ways that they've kind of tried to wrap their arms around different members of the community. And right now it's really hard. It's really hard to be proud to be a Mariners fan because, You couple the on, and you shouldn't ever be bringing on field performance into it. And that was a part. I have several problems with Dr. Martin's allegations. One of them is braiding the team's on field performance into this, which it just feels like really shaky ground to me. Um, I don't think on field performance should be correlated to whether or not you're doing the right things as an organization. Um, but it's hard. It's hard when your, your club has a history of losing and sad sack Mariners fan is like such a trope and then you couple that with this. It's It's really hard to be proud to be a Mariners fan right now. There are a lot of people who are thinking about not renewing their season tickets and I think they have a right to do that. And I think that what the Mariners need to do as an organization is they need to be transparent about this. I'm sure there are limits to the legality of what they can say, but other than this staunch denial of her charges, I would, what I really want to see is I want to see some accountability. I want to see some understanding of this is why this situation happened. This is why these things are being said. This is why we think they're unfair or baseless. Like, and coming from people within the organization, like not maybe Manny Acta, like he's one voice, but his longstanding friendship with service is, it makes it hard for me to take as objective fact, either of what the parties are saying, you know?
1: Oh, hundred percent. So I just
0: like, I would like to hear more voices. I want to hear more voices from across the organization about this. I want to hear Jerry Depoto be really honest about what mistakes got made. Um, because no matter what, you have an employee who was so unhappy that they took to social media, which again is another thing, like uh, the, the statement felt a little retaliatory to me that she made doing it over social media. Um, just kind of talking with some media people like Divish hadn't known that she was going to do this. She had kind of promised him a comment and then came out with this uh yeah i mean i don't i the comments themselves too i balk at the idea that scott service would ever say scott service who was himself a catcher would ever say that there have never been any great latin american catchers because yeah that that part was fishy for sure yeah that pact is so so clearly refuted by history that like um yeah, I don't, There, I, I see holes. I see holes in this testimony. Um, yeah. I am of multiple minds about it, but what I do know is something made her feel this way. So, and can it's, we address that in a meaningful It's pretty
1: clear way? to me that something happened. Like, we don't know who's telling the truth necessarily or like what, you know, the severity of the actions were, but like something happened that, Made Lorena Martin very upset with the Mariners organization and she felt the need to say something. Now if she like made everything up about them being racist and sexist like that was obviously the wrong thing to do. But I don't think she would just get on Twitter one day and be like, hmm, like I'm just not in a great mood. Let me see what I can say about the Mariners, you know, like there had to have been an event. Yeah, that happened that sparked her well I mean the event
0: that sparked her was she got fired and right 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 but I'm she saying, didn't like, get a settlement that she thought was fair
1: right I guess what or... I should have said is something that like led to her being fired or some disagreement that you know, right prior to her being fired that made her either rightfully or maybe a little bit wrongfully upset I don't know right. it's confusing to talk about and makes me feel gross yes that's, that's, that's my conclusion i oh, will by say the way, I... <clears throat> go
0: ahead
1: by the way like this is natural with public figures to like be debating whether or not they should like keep their jobs when accusations of like racism uh sexual harassment sexism whatever happens but like you shouldn't not be racist so you can keep your job you should just not be racist ever <laughs> you know like it's a weird debate to be like hmm well like how much racism did he do and like when is it okay <laughs> to be racist at work it's like no never point no one on be the doll to where he was home. racist yeah so it's, that part's weird too
0: any amount of racist is not an okay amount of racist
1: yeah you know what kate i'm gonna agree with you on that, it's <laughs> that controversial but I'm putting my I name know, on t- that.
0: we're we're hot taken over here <laughs>
1: Robertson and Proser, racism is bad.
0: That 2020, that's we're we're running on that.
1: Uh we're running
0: on that platform.
1: Gonna go with a weird flex here. I will not be old enough to run for president, but I would vote for you in a heartbeat. Oh my god, I'm so Oh my
0: god. All right. Okay.
1: Let's move on. Um
0: okay. Let's let's move on to the fact that <laughs> this Dr. Martin news or the lingering accusations just kind of hangs over everything, so it's been hard for us at the site to get site business done. It feels a little bit ghoulish to be talking about like, oh hey, it's not going to be Safeco anymore; it's going to be T-Mobile Park or T-Mobile Field. I think they're yeah. I think they're going Ooh. with T-Mobile Park. Uh sure. Yeah, the TMP, which should not at all be confusing with the Experience Music Project, known as the EMP. Uh, Which isn't those things even don't. called
1: that anymore, right? <laughs> is it like... not?
0: Okay, well then. No, it's like
1: the Museum of Pop Culture.
0: Oh, that's right. It's MoPop. Okay, Mo-pop, well then we maybe. have no we have no <laughs> acronym problem. Continue on. No, um, it... I'm not. I don't have any opinions about it. Being yeah, T-Mobile I really feel... cannot
1: be more neutral about what the stadium is called. If yeah. it was like an evil, evil company, then maybe a you know chime in. But like T-Mobile, for all I know, is fine i'm sure yeah their ceo
0: is annoying on twitter but like here's where i point out that holly martinez edgar's wife is the director of diversity and inclusion for them Oh, Um, scoop yeah so they are you know i think they're a they're a right thinking company in a lot of ways um but all that news has been obviously kind of soft peddled i think that the naming deal is very much in place i'm sorry my cat is hollering in the background and i heard some cat
1: I thought it, that... was, thought it was
0: cool. Yeah, that's that's the cat. Oh. I think
1: with the T-Mobile field, you've probably seen this before. Maybe anyone listening to this has seen these jokes on Twitter. But like, people have already done the like, oh well, it makes sense that it's T-Mobile because the Mariners have bad service, but like bad yeah. service. I'm here to say that joke is bad. That <laughs> joke re- is done. That joke is retired. canceled. Yeah, we've canceled that joke. We've canceled that joke. you want to workshop other bad jokes, that's like literally what I'm here for. Yeah, right? yeah. I mean, I would something. almost rather
0: hear the coverage jokes than the service joke. Yeah. Oh, God, it's just going to be a constant thing. That's probably the only thing that really annoys me about it being T-Mobile Park. Or whatever
1: yeah um I'm that and i hope that the... they
0: soft pedal the magenta In that's what i
1: was gonna say <clears throat> i'm excited for the pink let there be pink in the stadium
0: uh yeah yeah like, i think a it tasteful
1: could... amount of pink
0: a tasteful yes let's not i don't want the whole thing awash in pink
1: no. although i don't know
0: maybe i do maybe i just haven't seen it before yeah, sell me on know. it t-mobes
1: um, <laughs> <up. laughs>
0: i don't know we gotta come up i was the safe so what are we going to call it? The Mob?
1: I won't. Mobes? Uh, maybe just safe go for, like, the next three years and then yeah, I get used pro- to it.
0: Let's be honest. That's probably going to I called it happen. Quest
1: Field, like, two weeks ago. So <laughs> I'm still strangling.
0: I, I will say I drove past, for the first time the other day, the letterless stadium and just kind of saw it empty. Um and it yeah, was a weird bizarre. feeling driving past it on I-5 and just, you know, it was like kind of one of the markers I always looked at to see the the letters of Safeco Field lighting up the night sky and, and it was just a big black empty space, which kind of feels a per- little heavy handed there on the metaphor, but.
1: Yeah, it is weird also to be like kind of attached to an insurance company (laughs) like I've been thinking about like oh it's not Safeco anymore like that has an effect on me and then I realized like I don't know anything about Safeco the company no I've never used them as coverage
0: I have no idea what they're all about so
1: one time uh just real quick I had a friend who was visiting um from California and she was saying that like oh she came in and she was like seeing the city and she was like said something like oh yeah I was hanging out down by Safeco Field oh (laughs) yeah no, no, you weren't. That place doesn't exist. It's, <laughs> I, like it's weird to realize that like something that's been in your life forever, basically, like someone else could just look at it and be like, "Oh, it's this. It's Safeco."
0: Safeco. So, it makes my, it scans better.
1: Secret
0: Remember when Gene Segura first got signed? He was like, he put up a message on Instagram like, "I can't wait to see all the fans at Safeco Field." Safeco. <laughs> and yeah, uh, but
1: Gene gets a pass and. A lot of things. I guess not in avoiding trade rumors. Ooh. No,
0: Nope. things are heavy. Maybe we should. Maybe we should skip past FanFest being moved and just get into into some of the trades. Yeah, uh, cause let's that's do the trade. other thing. FanFest. I'm
1: sorry, but <laughs> do not even deserve a little bit of podcast attention. Sorry.
0: I guess we'll cover it in March when it's been moved to, because they like to take away the one thing that kept me. Ha- looking forward to something through the long
1: bleak month of January. Sure. Can't wait. Although, this is actually a shout out to you. I've been kind of following the Ian Miller Mexico experience. It's yes. Been fun. Ian <laughs>
0: Miller. Yes. <laughs> Ian Miller is playing for the Tomateros in... down in Mexico in the Pacific Mexican Pacific Baseball League and um, pretty he's fantastic. Todo
1: Dios the <laughs> Moto Non-mode. Dios. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's fun. Um so I've only ever we've had prospects play in the Dominican League, sometimes the Venezuelan League. I've never really followed a Mexican team very closely, but we have Liberato playing in the Dominican League right now and, and Ian Miller playing in the Mexican League, and that's kind of it. I mean, I guess you can count Heredia, but we'll get to him later. Not technically a Mariner anymore,
1: which um, I forgot about. Yeah.
0: You sure do. it's been a busy it's been a busy off season so far. You're you're excused.
1: Yeah. Um yeah. but
0: it's exciting because I noticed that like I guess because of Mexico's proximity to the US, um they're very meme uh fluent oh. the tomateros account. Yeah, a lot of memes
1: um in Spanish? <clears throat>
0: in Spanish, yes.
1: Oh, I got to get into that. But
0: like their English they're, they're memes I've originally seen in English on Twitter. yeah, it's it's interesting and like the accounts are fairly bilingual. It just it feels a little different than um, interacting online with some of the some of the DR based clubs. So that part is kind of fun. Um, and you know, the time zone is our time zone. so like the games are kind of on when baseball games would be on here and you can listen to them online. So I've been working on my Spanish, and uh, yeah, it's it's pretty fun. He's tearing things up down there. I DM'd him the other day, and he said he's never coming back, uh, <laughs> which is fair. I wouldn't <laughs> want to calm, come back either. Uh, he said he's just absolutely in love with the the atmosphere down there, and just you know playing in front of these packed stadiums on like a Tuesday night or something. I'm sure it's very different from playing in uh, Little Rock, Arkansas, or even Tacoma. So yeah. You can keep up with Ian Miller. We have tweets about him on the account, um, cover some things sometimes. Or just Google Tomateros de Culiacan, I think it is, and you can keep up. Okay, so we should cover the reason that you forgot that Guillermo Heredia is no longer a mariner. (laughs) And that's because of the Mike Zanino trade, which even though it happened... uh, Hmm... Early it was this, this month, month right
1: like it early november month.
0: yeah it was it was before it had halloween to be
1: after world series so yeah had to be yeah out. yeah not long uh, ago at all but you had And yet it has morning, felt it like said, a very long years. time yeah <laughs> like when when you look at the trade like if you can remove your own attachment to Magazinino like you know the whole Magazinino is good crusade and like him being a very lovable mariner for all intents and purposes like What do you think of it just from a baseball perspective? Like, I know that you are a Mike Zanino believer through and through, but did you see, like, for me, it feels like we've seen Mike Zanino, like, be so close, and then to trade him is like, we're just going to let someone else deal with that. Like, it almost feels like just giving up on Mike Zanino a little bit.
0: I would not be surprised to have... I think Mike Zendino has a very good chance of hitting, like, 30 home runs next year.
1: Yeah, the Logan Morrison.
0: <clears throat> yeah, uh, or just... Yeah, yeah, I mean, that might be it. I I think, like, he's at home, he's in Florida, he's away from kind of the scrutiny of always being here. Um, it's a little sad, because that's one of the last homegrown players we had Um I think DePoto is decisively severing through the last of the connective tissue between the Jack Z Mariners and his Mariners, and that is understandable. And I wouldn't mind a Mike Sanito trade, except I think trading one of the best defensive catchers in all of baseball and not getting a catcher back is weird.
1: Yeah. That's definitely the. When you don't have a type. catcher
0: in the system who's not named Joe DiCarlo.
1: Hey, David Freitas with like a word.
0: Yeah, David David Freitas is a fine backup catcher. and I'm, Yeah, exactly. I, that might be DiCarlo's ceiling as well. Um, a little but more. yeah, it did
1: create this other intriguing thing of like, well, now who's the Mariners' catcher? Like, they have to do something, so we're all just kind of sitting on our hands waiting for this other move to happen to bring in a catcher like that's been kind of a weird like result of it is me wondering fairly often like who is going to be the mariners catcher it could be anyone at this point like i guess brian mccann got scooped up today so yeah for the three of you out there who wanted (laughs) brian mccann on the mariners i'm sorry it's not gonna happen
0: uh matthew you wrote a great black friday special piece kind of surveying the catcher free agency market because, I mean, other than a trade, it looks like that is where they're going to have to go. Did you have any favorites in free agency that you...
1: I mean, favorites is, like, a weird word for this because I don't really want any of them. But no. But someone has to catch those innings which was basically what I wrote. Like, it's all pretty bad. We're not going to go for, like, Grandal or Ramos. That doesn't make a whole no. lot of sense to me. They're going to good teams with a lot of money. I feel like... Like, a one-year deal for Martin Maldonado wouldn't upset me. He's a truly horrible hitter, but he's, like, a good defender, which is probably what they should be focused on anyway, especially, like, if they're trying to groom Justice Sheffield or, like, make improvements with Marco or, like, you know, advance the young pitching that we do have, as scarce as it is. Like, you want a defensive-minded guy back there, and Maldonado seems to be pretty good at that. And someone who's
0: a good framer, I think, is really important. If you're, again, going to rely on a. And maybe it doesn't matter. Like, maybe they're just in a race with Texas to see who can get to the bottom of the AL West the fastest this season, which is kind of how it feels. Um, Yeah. Honestly. I mean, they're going to be fourth or fifth in the division this year, and we just need to, like. You know, that for all the talk of like, oh, it's not a rebuild. It's taking a step back, blah, blah, blah. We're not going to. No, they're going to suck this year. They're going to be unwatchable. So I guess, like, my feeling is if, it, if they're going to be unwatchable this year, give me some good stuff to be excited about in the minors. Right. And I felt like trading for Malik Smith seemed really weird. Like, it does fix your problems at center field. Move D back to the infield. Yeah, um, But he's like already a major leaguer, and I feel like if there's one thing you can pick up from other teams in a trade, it's an outfielder. Maybe not always a center fielder, but it just seemed weird to me. It's weird not to get a catcher back. Uh, and it's weird and to have... throw
1: in Plassmeyer. That part doesn't make any sense.
0: That was weird, too, because you have to have Jake Freely, I guess. Like...
1: Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to claim to know anything about these minor <laughs> league guys, but like, Plasmeyer was drafted this year, right? And they're already yeah. throwing him away. Like, we don't have pitching prospects, especially not left-handed He was literally ones.
0: the top left-handed pitching pres- prospect in the organization. It right.
1: was super weird. So I guess we'll just give him to the Rays because sure. we're homies with the Rays. Like, it seems like a very, like, you can just trade, like, it's when you have a roommate and you're just sharing stuff. That's, like, what yeah, it is with the <laughs> Rays is... now. <laughs> like, yeah, you guys can what... have this. Sure. Just give me something back.
0: Yeah, right. and I mean maybe that's the idea that somewhere down the line, like we're gonna try to help the Rays be really good now because they're the Rays are in a good, in a position to be really good this year. And um, we've talked before about I kind of like the Rays pissing everyone off by DFAing CJ Crone. I wish they had been able to get something for him in return, but yeah. like maybe they tried and they couldn't. Um, But, like, they don't really need CJ Crohn and I think he's headed for—he's never had a year like he did last year. If he does, I think the Rays will look stupid, but I also think that's, like, a pretty low probability outcome for the kind of hitter he's been his whole career. Um, He just—this was an outlier year for him. And they have a stable full of guys that they could play there, or they could, you know— pick up someone cheap on a one-year deal, or they could use the savings and sign Nelson Cruz, which is what I'm hoping for, because Nelson Cruz, Houston Astro, makes me want to vomit.
1: Yeah, I already deleted that from my ears. I hate it so much. (laughs) I'm going to have a lobotomy just for that part of my brain. So
0: I feel like DePoto has a closer... Oh, God, I always forget the guy's name. What is his name? The GM of the Rays. Uh, I have no idea. It's not a name that sticks in my brain. Anyway, they have a good working relationship. I think that they're kind of trying to help each other out in some, as much as players can, so, or te- <laughs> competing teams can. Yeah. Um, so I'm all in on, like, rooting for the Rays this year and, and oh, hoping that they're successful. Um, I'll root for Mike Zanino down there for sure. It does feel weird to me that we gave them two major leaguers in Zanino and Heredia. We got Malik Smith back basically yeah. and then if you just consider it freely and Plasma are like a one for one swap I don't understand why we're dealing from pitching which is one of the weakest parts of the farm although if you look at it too carefully all the parts of the farm are the weakest parts of the farm so uh, feels uh feels weird and maybe that's a good segue into talking about the next big blockbuster trade which is Paxton and the return for him yeah justice justice
1: justice sheffield born in 1996 are we ready for that as a as a collective the 96er in our hearts what year were you born matthew i was born in 1995 so he's gonna be the first mariner that's younger than me yeah yeah how's that taste i mean (laughs) i've done a lot of justice sheffield uh creeping and i gotta say i'm excited like if it was like a boring dude born in 1996. You'd be like, oh god, like, why? Why did it have to be this guy? But from what I've seen, and I'm pretty much referring to one thing in particular. If anyone would like to follow along from home, if you go to Justice Sheffield's Instagram, there is a picture from not too long ago. I'm gonna open it up right now. He is uh on the mound. It's a mound visit situation. Can we can we
0: get his uh Can we get his Instagram handle?
1: Oh, great idea. It's Justice underscore Sheffield. Justice is spelled with a U. So J U S T U S. AKA Just Us. Because that's mm-hmm. all we got now. But anyway, so this was July 16th. He's in the Futures game, it appears, on a mound visit. The picture is from the side. So you can see his rather large donk. And he captioned it on a picture of himself Why my mama gave me this misproportioned body. <laughs> Three crying laughing emojis. And then the hashtag ass fat.
0: Ass fat.
1: And I think he also tagged his mom. Because it's he mm-hmm. put at Misty Chef at the end. But the ass fat thing is incredible. Like, this mm-hmm. is a self-aware thick king. And he's ours. And he's, like, one of the three things you can get excited about for this team. So I'm glad it's this and not, like, I mean, no shade to anyone who does this, but just like I'm glad it's not like a Bible verse online guy, you know, where everything no. is just scripture and which which all was glory the secondary
0: God. piece, the secondary piece in this trade, Eric Swanson.
1: Okay, I uh, only know is... him for the Eminem tweet. Yeah, that was bad.
0: That, if you want the opposite of uh, Justice Sheffield and his yeah, the
1: duality of prospects. <laughs> yeah, you it.
0: and his uh, announcing he was a Mariner with thank you next. Uh, again showing showing great meme awareness uh he's gonna be so great uh yes i'm very excited about him i'm very excited about uh dom thompson williams who also uh have you have you creeped dom thompson williams not as
1: much because i from what i can understand he's years away from actually being on my tv that often like he's probably going to start in the low minors right is that
0: uh he, he should be around minors? like double A. So not okay. no, he'll he'll be in double A. He will he will be Okay. Someone we can get relatively excited about.
1: So Okay, well I have nothing but time to kill, so I'll I'll do my research. But Justice Sheffield does make up for the fact that like we traded the one pitcher that was kind of like a sure thing. Like last season, for as much fun as it was to watch Marco and for as much as Wade LeBlanc was just Baffling hitters like every time mm. Paxton pitched, it was like, Okay, like if we don't win, like we're gonna be in it, and if like we lose, it usually wasn't his fault, you know what I mean? Like it's right. kind of like those <laughs> the Felix 16k starts.
0: game that they lost to the Athletics.
1: I literally have that in my notes. I wrote, Most perfect distillation of the Paxton area 16ks in a loss, <laughs> yeah, because the manners did not win that game. But that was if we want to just get into like James Paxton memories. You and I were at that game. It was actually one of the first times I think I really interacted with you, at least mm-hmm. at Safeco Field, and it felt like a fever dream. Like it was cr- no one could hit him, and yet like we were I in, never the felt yeah, in the Maple RIP, Grove. Yeah, in the Maple Grove. May they rest in peace. Um, uh-huh. Please reach out to any Grovers. You know, check in on your friends. Um, but that was like it was both like, oh my God, James Paxton, this is it. This is all we wanted. And then Mm -hmm. also that other part of your brain being like, well, you know the Mariners aren't going to let him win this, right? Like, you've seen this movie a million times before. And then, of course, that is what happened. And to just have that as my number one James Paxton memory is both so fitting and, like, so unbelievably sad that he didn't even get to win. Like, the no-hitter is obviously another great memory, but I wasn't there, you know? Right. Being there in the Maple Grove especially, like, basking in that it was cold i remember it was like early in the season but Mm
0: -hmm.
1: that's like it
0: was a night game
1: it was a night game mark canna was wearing eight turtlenecks (laughs) (laughs) all stacked on top of each other
0: (laughs) like caps for sale that kid's book but with turtlenecks yes
1: yeah, that's Mark Canna. I believe
0: um, that that's when you came up with Mark Canna's whole alter ego as like a. It's not
1: even his alter ego. That's him. <laughs> that's <laughs> like his,
0: Berkeley living.
1: That's like, a choice, like the Berkeley essential thing is just oil a
0: using. Bob <laughs> yeah. Dylan listening, David yeah, Foster oh, Wallace man. reading.
1: When I found out that he walks up to a Bob Dylan song, I like. I knew I had a number one enemy in Major League Baseball. <laughs> it's true. With the sideburns too, like. He just looks like the, the like perfect image of the guy who gives you opinions you didn't ask for. <laughs> so I don't like him at all. But I do love James Paxton. I'm genuinely sad to see him go. And like you said with the Zanino trade, it's weird to me to like trade from our strength. Like, James Paxton was the strength, and obviously then you're gonna get a lot of trade value for him. And at least we got like a young, promising pitcher. But it's, like, that battery of Paxton to Zanino was, like, one of the things that I liked about the team, you know? Like, to have that just gone in the span of a couple weeks, I don't know if I was fully prepared for it. I probably knew that Paxton was going to get traded, but to have it happen, like, back-to-back with Mike Z, and then to have it be, like, still in the American League, I was at least hoping he would go to the National League. And it's all just, like, it all hit me at one point, and I was like, well, the Mariners are going to suck and they're not even going to have their best pitcher and the most fun section in the stadium. Yeah. Like, it's just like, how much do you want to hurt me, Mariners? Uh,
0: the one thing that made 2017, which was a miserable season in a lot of ways, the one thing that made 2017 bearable was the Maple Grove and was getting to watch Paxton and, like, every fifth day feeling like your team had a shot. Yeah, And that's gone now. <laughs>
1: yeah, just we watched is. him figure it out and like become the pitcher we all hoped he would be just to get traded to the Yankees. Like, that sucks.
0: <laughs> I, again, wouldn't be that upset about it except that it felt like a light return. Um,
1: yeah, I would have liked a, I, a big leaguer. Like, someone with a track record, you know? Like, a young well, big leaguer would have been ideal.
0: Or even, like, I think what's worrisome about Sheffield is he is the Yankees number one prospect but there are so many question marks about him Um, there are question marks about his command and he's still very young I think one thing that gets missed about Sheffield is he's he's 22 he has time he can just be anchored to the side of Wade LeBlanc for a while and he can learn things from him
1: yeah that's a great point actually I didn't even think about that
0: It's still a big, I mean, there are a lot of people who look at him and see reliever and like, I don't know. I don't often or always agree with scouts. I think scouts tend to a lot of times see, it's too easy to group a player into, well, this is another player that was here before. And this player will be like this player. And this is the protection that I see for them. And I just wonder if, like, maybe there's a little bit of prospect fatigue with Sheffield because he was so high-profile playing for the Yankees, because he was in the Arizona Fall League, he was in the Futures game. Like, a lot of people saw him. And when I read through chronologically the scouting reports of him, and they go from very glowing to just over this past year, there's a sharp turn in them. I
1: noticed that, too. Everyone thinks now that he's going to be a reliever or that he's Yeah all that and it, it happened this year for sure because he used to be like he was one of the prospects that i had heard of and like that's one of my bars for prospects if i've heard of them because <laughs> you it. haven't
0: heard of any of them
1: <laughs> yeah no i'm unless I'm we literally put them in guy. front of your
0: face and we're like matthew this is a prospect you need to pay attention to you need to know who buddy reed is
1: yeah which thank you i do love buddy reed but it's either that or if I went to college with them and I get to write about them. And then they trade him. Those are the prospects that are like up my alley. So Shout hopefully... out Bryson Brigman. <laughs> yeah, Bryson. He listens. He knows what's going on. Uh, Bryson, I love you. <laughs> um, I hope you're doing well. Hope you like the new Marlins jerseys. And I uh, hope you found a skating rink. That was one of the things he told me when I interviewed him. He grew up playing hockey and there was nowhere to skate in Modesto, which I'm sure there's not a lot of places in Miami either but I also don't know where he is right now where the Marlins minor leagues affiliates are so maybe he found a pond or something that can hold him over that's all I want for him really just skate your heart out Bryson the uh the trade I don't actually hate that much that he went to the Yankees like I would much rather the Yankees than the Astros or the Red Sox just to throw out the other two AL contenders um And I will say, some of you may want to cover your ears, it'll be kind of cool to watch James Paxton pitch in the playoffs. Like, I'm definitely not that petty where I won't root for him to like have a Yankee Stadium moment. I think that would be very, very cool for James Paxton. And I hope that even just for a second, he can get rid of those incredibly sad eyes that are just stuck to his face and have (laughs) a moment to let his eyes shine and to... To smile like he did when he threw a no hitter in his home country, which was one of the coolest things I've ever seen. And again, now it's that's now all just a memory, and I'm getting sad again. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna pass uh, the, the ball over to you now, Kate.
0: The, the uh, measure of if you love someone is if you, you know, if you love something, you let it go, right? So
1: <clears throat> yeah, that's um, what they say.
0: I'm worried about Paxton not succeeding in New York more than I'm worried about him succeeding, just kind of on a personal level i don't think i can handle the new york daily news back pages or covers uh and the puns and you know big maple more like big crapple i don't know i i'm not the thing
1: is you're not that far (laughs) off (laughs) there will be something (laughs) like that like little maple will absolutely get used or like Canada, duh, this guy sucks. Like, something <laughs> stupid like that. Uh, I'm sure you've had some time to go through all the stages of grief. How are you gonna do without Katie Joe Paxton in your life?
0: I'm am I'm, I'm still gonna follow her on Instagram. I'm still gonna love everything she posts. But um,
1: okay. yeah, it's gonna you... it's.
0: Have I replaced her in my Mariners' pantheon no, of wives? No, that's what I was gonna
1: say, but you can answer that as well.
0: Okay, well it's Casey Freitas. Uh, oh, yeah, she's she's the second. I mean, I will always, I still love Marissa Cieseck. Always will have a place in my heart. Uh, Katie Joe will just join that that group of of to all the Mariners' wives I've loved before. Um, what I was
1: going to ask is, have you seen anything about? them like looking for apartments in New York or like adjusting to life. I'm sure they haven't done all that yet. No, but Katie Joe is real excited
0: to be to do a a lot of real Housewives of New York stuff. So Yeah,
1: I'm fascinated by James Paxton in a giant, giant city. That's gonna be wild for him and for all of us. Especially with the media, like you said, he's gonna be very overwhelmed and I hope that he gets some training or something or someone (laughs) explains to him that it's not just Ryan Divish and Shannon Dreyer every day. It's like 45 <laughs> news outlets that all want you to sound stupid so they can write a dumb headline.
0: Yep, yep. Um, you know, there's there's not going to be a lot of watchable Mariners baseball next year, so there are storylines we'll be tracking, and that's one of them. Um, there have been rumors that there will be other... So obviously, the, they're not calling it a fire sale, but no. they might be calling it a... A um heat induced clearing house.
1: Uh, a little a, wordy.
0: A a um warmth bizarre. Like warmth like bizarre. A smoke Does sale.
1: That... Like <laughs> the signs of fire are here, but we don't want it to reach that point. So we're gonna take it one notch below and say it's a smoke sale.
0: Yeah, it's a lot of spin. Feel free like to use whatever. One, They're selling off every piece that they can that's not Mitch Haniger, Edwin Diaz, Marco Gonzalez. Um, There was a ridiculous trade proposition put out that um, seemingly gained some traction by Jim Bowden, uh, whoever's on MLB Network. um,
1: No, it was Odell. That
0: the Mariners would send Cano, Edwin Diaz, and who was the third one? It was like three. Let me check our Slack really quickly because I think I posted about it there with a lot of, like, laughing faces. Um,
1: It was uh, really bad. Like, you don't have to put a lot of thought into it or analysis to be like, this is a horrible trade for the Mariners. There's no way they would do this.
0: Yeah, so they get... The Mets get Robinson Cano, Malik Smith, who they literally just traded for, and Edwin Diaz... And the Mariners get Jay Bruce, Dominic Smith, yeah, and nope. Andre Jimenez.
1: So is Jay Bruce supposed to be the reward? <laughs> like that's that's the that's such a bad package for one that includes Edwin Diaz and one of the best hitters of a generation. Like that's unfathomably stupid.
0: No, it's and I mean Dominic Smith is like I think Dominic Smith might be the headliner there. Jimenez is a shortstop who's like a light hitting short. It's a light hitting shortstop. It's Jay Bruce, who costs a fair amount too, and Dominic Smith, mm-hmm. who is um mm, hasn't worked his way up to New York quite yet, or maybe they're giving no. him some. I don't know. I remember seeing him in Tacoma. He can hit, but he's not like a. He's not a breathtaking talent. None of the three of those are breathtaking talents. And you're gonna send Edwin Diaz and all his years of control. It, it's it, Edwin Diaz yeah, would no never be. Con- he would never be in a salary dump, and that's what this trade is. It's a salary dump because um, the whole yeah. salary goes with. And I just I, almost I don't feel
1: bad that we even talk about it and like legitimized it. It's so bad. That's never going to happen. And if it does, like I will absolutely stop following the Mariners for at least a season like that would be the height of this poop mountain
0: (laughs) (laughs) I mean what I think it illustrates is the problem in dealing Cano um, because he is so expensive but he also is still a valuable player so in trading him like maybe a deal to the Yankees with Ellsbury because Ellsbury only has two years left Ellsbury is a way less productive player than Cano. So, you know, maybe that works in some way. I think the Yankees and John has and I have talked about this before. I think the Yankees are maybe one of the only team that teams that makes sense. I just don't see Cano going anywhere, to be honest.
1: Yeah, and certainly not not with like contract.
0: No. Not with Edwin Diaz as the sweetener. If they trade Edwin Diaz, I think it would be for like frontline pitching. God, I hope it would be for frontline pitching. Um yeah. you know, someone like uh Forrest Whitley, uh who's the kid in Toronto Pearson who throws like triple digits, which the Blue Jays would never do because they need him because they have no pitching. Um really? I, and I again, they tried to apparently move Paxton for Whitley. That was the Astros talk and the Astros said no. The thing with frontline pitchers is no one wants to give them up because they're so expensive on the, like, anyone who's that good and close to the majors is just really probably not available in trade because their own teams need them, so. Um, Have you seen
1: the one that's been thrown around? I think mainly on Twitter, like, no real legitimacy to it, um, trading Edwin and Kyle Seeger to the Cardinals for Dakota Hudson and Carson Kelly, I believe is his name. Again, I'm no prospect expert, but. I know Dakota Hudson is a person, and I'm looking at his fan graphs right now. <laughs> that one, like, at least you can see the logic there, you know what I mean? Like, need for need sort of thing. Like, we would get that high-end picture that you're talking about. Uh, I was wondering if you've seen it and if you have what your thoughts are on that.
0: I idea. have seen it. Um, the thing is that the Cardinals are looking at the end of Molina, right? Uh, Carson Kelly is their successor to Molina
1: much longer I should have mentioned that yeah Carson Kelly is a catcher who would fill our catcher need while the Cardinals would get a closer which they don't really have
0: yeah it's where is my Yachty contract yeah the but the thing is that the cards are really close to not having oh no never mind they are paying Yachty for the next two years they're Mm. paying him 40 million dollars for the next two years
1: Sure are. That's, mm. a, that's a choice.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, he's uh, still a very good defensive catcher. I think his, he's 36, so they're paying him through 38. Um, I They have another catcher. His name's Andrew Kneitzner in their system who is pretty good. He's not Carson Kelly good. So it it's feasible, but... It,
1: we've reached the point now where we're just suggesting trades for like the sake of suggesting trades. Like that's the thing about when you start reimagining the roster to use Jerry's words. It's like, well, then you're just giving the fans like just carte blanche to just suggest wild trades. And right. you're seeing that even on MLB network, people are like, Oh, Mariners trades. I want to do one. And then you get Edwin Diaz to the Mets. <laughs> like we need to, the brakes here a little bit, I think, on all the fake trades. Yeah, well, I but think Cano, Cano, Cano to the me. Mets
0: was the Rosenthal one that came out today, and that is, I think, a lot of times people just gleefully gloss over the fact that Cano has a full no trade, Segura has a full no trade. Like right. you have to get all these guys on board with uh, the places they're going to, and I don't know Robinson Cano personally, but my feeling is that Robinson Cano would rather uh eat glass then become a new york metropolitan maybe that's not a statement that holds up in a few months but
1: no i i do know him personally i had (laughs) dinner with him recently him (laughs) me jay-z and he said that pretty much the exact thing jay-z was like if you go to the mets uh you lose all your new york street cred and people aren't gonna think that you're nearly as cool and charming and robinson said okay and then he also said why is matthew here (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <when> I <laughs> so, yeah, uh, yeah, I, I mean confirm. after
0: years of being a Yankee, does he want to go play for the Yankees little brother? I just I don't exactly. see
1: Exactly. And like why would he want to waive a no trade clause to go to the Mets when the Yankees are right there? You know, right. it doesn't make any sense. People. No. Use your brains.
0: So I mean that's something and again that's something with the cigar trade is you're getting him to I think that the that idea makes sense on a lot of levels. I don't think the Cardinals do it um, because I think they value Carson Kelly pretty highly. Dakota Hudson, I wouldn't be unhappy with him. Um, and they obviously have pitching talent out the years, but mm-hmm. they have less pitching talent than they've had over. They they stocked up so hard on pitching talent like four or five years ago in the draft, and now it's all ripening, and they have Reyes, and they have Dakota Hudson, and they have Flaherty, and they've got a nice stable of guys but like not a ton behind that so eh, the that that requires the cardinals to give up a lot but i mean you're getting i think a very special talent in Edwin Diaz that's the kind of deal for me that it would take to move Edwin Diaz and i hope it's similar for oh, Jerry totally. too yeah um, you have yeah. to you have to have and i think Carson Kelly is, has a really good shot at being i watched him in the Arizona Fall League last year super impressed um, you have to have someone like that who's just really going to move the needle. And I guess that's my question with all these other trades that they've done is like, does Malik Smith really move the needle for you? I don't, he had a pretty good year, but I think it was Babbitt fueled because he was playing on turf. And
1: yeah, that alarmed me. I think yeah. someone that we work with pointed that out and I was like, oh, well, that's, I'm sure that can't be, A fluke, right? Like, and then you're like, oh, no, that's exactly what it is. Yeah. And then you get bummed about that being, like, the big return for the best defensive catcher. But, again, we can just talk ourselves into sad circles all day. Um, We do have a nice little transition here if we want to go to Twitter questions.
0: I definitely think we should.
1: Okay. We have one from – Well, hold on. Do Eh. we
0: want to take a little break and maybe let the people who are listening – a natural stopping point – Slash sure. also allow yeah. me to get some water because the, my voice is starting to run pretty thin. I
1: think that's only fair. Yeah, let's do that.
0: All right. So we'll take a brief break and we will be right back.
1: <laughs> now, so why did you do it? You know you got the mad fat fluid when you rhyme. It's halftime. your halftime. Twitter questions part of the program. We got a lot of questions, almost an overwhelming amount of questions, so thank you for that. Uh, you guys had a lot of things to say, and we listened. Yeah, it turns
0: out not recording a podcast in three months means people have a there's a backlog.
1: Yeah, so sorry if we don't been, get to yeah. your
0: question this time. Um, please, send, please continue to send them in, though, because...
1: Yes, so uh, we got one from an Andreas Fop almost certainly saying that wrong, so I'm sorry to uh, the Fop family, but at More Blue Socks is their Twitter handle. And they had a two-parter, one of them we kind of delved into earlier, but the second part of it kind of hits on this trade stuff that we've been talking about. So one of the questions is who is the next Mariner off the 40 man to get traded? And then there's also what will you miss most about James Paxton, which we've touched on. But I'm very curious to hear who you think the next Mariner off the 40-man is to get traded because it seems like kind of a foregone conclusion that someone will get traded, if not multiple people.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think it kind of lines up in how – because now you're down to the guys who have, like, no trade clauses or your supposed untouchables like Hanager and Diaz, um, Gonzalez. Right. Um, Leak, I think, is a good candidate, Mike Leak.
1: As far as that's what they've uh, been saying, all the sources,
0: yeah. If there's a team that just needs like a steady kind of back of the rotation innings eater, um, and doesn't want to go out and pay for like J. A. Happ and doesn't want to pay for someone who's like in his mid 30s, I think that that's a solid prospect, um. Uh, but it sounds like they're really aggressively shopping Segura. It sounds like they don't want Segura anymore, so he'd be my guess.
1: Yeah, the Mike Leak thing, like, he's one of those guys that I could not really be more neutral about. Like, when he pitches, I'm like, oh, it's Mike Leak. If he gets traded, it'll be like, oh, there goes Mike <laughs> <laughs> Like, That's all I can really say about him. Yeah. I did, it is hilarious when he like dominates just out of nowhere like when he'll go like eight innings on like 74 pitches and you're like where did this come from and then the next start everything is just middle middle and he's getting lit up that's what i'll if he does get traded that's what i'll remember about mike Leake is his ability to fluctuate between best pitcher on earth and how is this a major league pitcher
0: I will not um, miss Mike Leake particularly. No. Like
1: miss is a strong. He does seem like a chill ass guy, which, I, which always appealed to me. But that could also mean that he's like horribly, horribly bad. <laughs> like it's all just been a facade, and that I shouldn't trust anyone because that's kind of what the manners have conditioned me to do. So,
0: I mean, that seems like a good. Uh... That seems like a good jump into do you trust this fo didn't we have that question
1: oh yeah we did i didn't write that one down so i don't know who actually asked that on twitter and i'm sorry if we can't give you the shout out but we definitely got like several variations of that question like do we trust this front office why should we trust this front office how can we trust
0: this front office yeah just all the variants we trust
1: this front office
0: Uh, All the variants of the Um, W questions.
1: It is a deteriorating trust for me. And this kind of seems like this is Jerry, like, almost sort of understanding that, like, he has to have, like, his big thing. You know, like, the Hanagura trade was great. Getting Marco Gonzalez appears to be pretty good. Mm -hmm. But it didn't result in that playoff berth that seems like it was – unspoken, maybe just straight-up spoken, like part of the agreement, like, you gotta get this team to the playoffs. And now that that window has closed and he continues to close it a little more, it's like, okay, you have to nail this rebuild or it's it's curtains for you. So, I trust that he will Jerry DePoto the hell out of this rebuild and (laughs) we'll have a roster that is like, we've never heard of any of these guys at some point. Like, it's gonna be a lot of young dudes, it's gonna be a lot of people that Jerry personally probably liked and scouted and that Scott service is familiar with. And I'm cool with that as long as it works. And I know that's like kind of a a weird way to do it, but that's how sports works. Like you can try your damnedest, but if it doesn't work, then you're going to get fired. And if that's what happens, I'm cool with it because it means that he didn't do his job to the level that he was expected to. And I will say that I trust him in the way that like, I think He understands baseball, and I think when he makes a trade, he's, like, doing it because he legitimately thinks it'll work and he, like, sees something that is encouraging rather than just, like... I feel like with some general managers, especially in the past, it was easy to just look at numbers, like, fucking with Mike Morris, Like, oh, he hits home runs. Let's go get him. And sort of ignore all the underlying badness there. But with Jerry DePoto, like, I... From what I can understand about his regime, like, they at least understand advanced stats and like the human element of the game which is also a weird thing to be talking about after these allegations but uh i on a scale of one to ten i'm at like uh, a six with baseball trust on jerry depoto and as a person it's down to like a three yeah and these things can change that's how being a person works and <laughs> interacting with other people but right now it's on sort of a rocky perch
0: well, we also got a lot of questions about um, what can the FO do to rebuild trust in this run office. Are the Mariners really equipped for how many fans they're going to lose this, this season? Um, what would it take to get you back to the ballpark? We, we got a lot of questions about that, about kind of balancing your Mariner fandom. I will say that, like, I did not... I have not purchased any tickets for anything. I haven't even bought my spring training stuff, which usually I do around this time. I'll probably go, like, as a journalist to spring training to write about it and probably do some stuff. But as far as going as a fan, like, I don't really... I might go as a fan just because spring training is a lot of clubs and I'll get to see a lot of people and a lot of baseball and a lot of our minor league guys. But the idea of spending money on the major league product right now is... Um, not something I want to do I'm not buying any special tickets I'm not buying any of their single ticket offers I'm not I'm not making any plans to go as a fan to the ballpark this year I'm not buying opening day tickets which I usually do so
1: no the idea of opening day like April in Seattle being cold and wet with a bad team against the Boston Red Sox who are a juggernaut who have oh god i annoying... forgot the opened
0: against the red sox
1: <laughs> yeah so it's gonna be it's gonna be like 80 percent red sox fans. oh my they're god gonna be it's gonna up... be so awful they're gonna be up three nothing in the second inning and just chanting the whole time and being boston in your face and that sounds like like literally the last thing on earth i want to do like i'm not even really a huge fan of like the april series just because that weather sucks and like A lot of times the players don't even look like they want to be there. Yeah. But the idea of doing it against the Red Sox and, like, just that army of fans is, I'm going to, that's a hard thank you next for me.
0: Yeah, yeah, I I have to say I agree. And, like, honestly, the front office is going to continue making money because Seattle's a transplant city. And they're going to keep appealing to the Blue Jays fans, the A's fans, who I feel like are going to be our next wave of uh Fans, we can't stand at the ballpark because they are going to be all puffed up little Poppin' Jays after years of kind mean. of sulking around. They're going to be insufferable.
1: Yeah, um, I, I could figure it out through context because okay, but good, Poppin' Jays is good a use one of, for me.
0: Good use of context. I mean, I suppose I should use that with the Blue Jays fans, but...
1: Yeah, Um, it's only a matter of time until we have, like, a Blue Jays discount. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Show Canadian ID for, like, $10 off your ticket. And then that's going to be, like, okay, just say, like, we are the Seattle money chasers. Like, (laughs) at that point, like, it's just so transparent that you're just all about money and not about catering to your own fans who have stuck with you through nothing. Like, they have nothing to show. Like, it's all you can be like, oh, we made the playoffs. The fans should be here. It's like, no, we have every right to just not pay attention to you, and we still do.
0: Yeah. and I mean, as long as they continue to make it easy for opposing fans to get into the ballpark and hard for us to, it's just, you know, they're going to make money, but how many people? And during this rebuild, how many people are going to be pushed away and pushed into, like, the NHL coming to Seattle? Because I went to my first yeah. live NHL game courtesy of Brittany Bush, friend of the site Brittany Bush and um, it was so fun we went well when we were at the Arizona Fall League which I haven't even had time to talk about um, but it was it was super it was so fun to just go see in person and
1: <laughs> yeah the NHL is dope and you saw I'm guessing the Arizona coyotes who yes. are the worst so, no they're really good it gets you're thinking than
0: that. I you're thinking of when I went and saw the Phoenix Suns. Who are the Wait, worst? The, Basketball. You're telling
1: me the Arizona Coyotes are good?
0: Yes, the NHL team.
1: Oh, huh. They've yes. been bad since the jump. I didn't know that they had figured it out. Good for them.
0: Uh, I'm going to pull up their record right now. They the were Phoenix like... Suns,
1: I can confirm, are offensive to my eyeballs every time I watch them. They have never once even tried to play defense.
0: Oh, no, yeah. they're bad now. They're 9-11 and now. But when I saw them, they were like 5-2 and or something.
1: Okay. And they well. had won
0: a bunch in a row. So they were they were good and they were fun. And it was a fun fan experience. And I just think... Yeah,
1: so the NHL will be great. And, like, one thing that I'm kind of intrigued about... Um, so the Mariners, like we've mentioned many times, and I'm sorry to kind of beat a dead horse here, are going to be bad in 2019. You know who's not going to be bad? The Seattle Storm, who play during the same season. Like, their season is the summer. So I'm curious to see... Yeah sort of how that attendance goes after winning the championship. It's a bummer that the Storm had to, they're going to have to move out of Key Arena while they do the renovations. So that might affect things, but it'll be interesting to see how that kind of championship bump plus bad Mariners affects the Storm.
0: Right, plus uh, Storm ticket prices being really reasonable. Uh, Yeah, a long-term Mariners fan, sort of born-and-bred Mariners fan friend of mine, Mike Standish, said he has little to no interest in watching the Mariners this year, um, but he did just buy storm season tickets. So we love that. Uh, Yeah. I think the Mariners are going to have to do something for the first and foremost thing that they're going to have to do to get me back in the ballpark is address the Dr. Martin situation in a way that is satisfying. So explaining what went wrong, taking ownership for the parts that they own about where it went wrong and taking the appropriate actions from there on. So that is step one. Like that's what it takes to get me physically inside the ballpark.
1: As far as like,
0: from there, um, I think doing something like the A's have done with like flexible ticket pricing, uh, some kind of a ballpark pass, like they have got to compete for our fan dollar, I think in a way that they really haven't had to. Because they're kind of the only game in town over the summer because, you know, there's not a lot else to compete with. Yeah. Um, And then they're they're lucky to be in a town that doesn't have an NHL franchise that doesn't have an NBA franchise. Um, That's football franchise is so steep that there's like a I think there's still a waiting list for Seahawks season tickets. Right.
1: Probably, I am not in a position to be buying Seahawks season tickets. No, no,
0: it's all it's all hearsay for me. But uh, anyway, I hear hearsay, hearsay. I said hearsay, which is also revealing my feelings on the uh, NFL right now. But anyway, oh, uh, <laughs> um, but I think they're gonna have to be creative, and they have been reluctant to really lower ticket prices. But I think if, like, you want me to go watch Wade LeBlanc start a bunch of games, like, you need to price it like Wade LeBlanc is starting a bunch of games.
1: Don't Uh, tempt me with a good time. I will go watch Wade LeBlanc. The thing that I'm worried about is the non-Marco Wade LeBlanc starts. Those are the ones that you really gotta... And it sucks that Felix is in that group, because that used to be the only reason to go. But it's like, I'm not going to pay money to watch felix hernandez pitch and i could feel my childhood like leave my body when i said that but it's the truth like i'm not not gonna do it so yeah the first step like you said is to actually address the issues in the organization and then focus on putting a better product on the field but i don't see myself at safeco to the extent that i was there this year
0: uh no no for sure And so the thing is, and I think that this maybe flows nicely into our next question, um, or a next question, is Uh um, if they're bad in 2019, which I think they will be, I think they're still going to be bad in 2020. 2021 is where you start to see a lot of the minor league talent coming up. Um, I think no matter what the organization says publicly, 2021 is very much what we're building towards and i'm gonna go ahead and address beer and trembling at ht robots question which current prospect minor leaguer are you most certain will be on the mariners 2021 roster and which current prospect are you most excited to see on the mariners 2021 roster uh because both of these have the same answer for me and that is julio rodriguez
1: i'm sorry you mean julio julio Yes, I cannot
0: wait. I hope we have a really fun stadium announcer just to say his name.
1: Oh, good point. And
0: now, coming up to bat, number 44, Julio Rodriguez!
1: (laughs) Yeah, apparently (laughs) when he's in the
0: batting cages, Colin O'Keefe from the Mariners told me this, when he gets up to bat in the batting cages down in the Peoria complex, he says that to himself.
1: Oh, my God. I I know. I know.
0: Um, I have a piece coming out at the Athletic. Hopefully, it has been just delayed for like the last two weeks because of this shitstorm that the organization is in. Um, So it has not come out, but I got to interview Julio Rodriguez and talk to him, and he is amazing. I mean, he's a great talent on the field, he's an incredibly compelling person off the field. He's wonderful. For all the sad, bad feelings of Mariners, uh, he is definitely... Keep your eye on him. He's only 17. He's about to turn 18 in December, I believe, Uh, but still very young. Um, Should have his first full season stateside this upcoming season. I think he's probably going to be assigned to A-ball, West Virginia. Um, Just a tremendous person and super exciting. I think he will move quickly. And I think 2021 is sort of an aggressive, um, projection for him, but I think he'll be there. This is the kind of franchise player. I mean, this is going to be our, and I know that Lookout Landing has sort of a checkered history with declaring players to be superstars, but I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to go out on a limb. I'm going to say is not just going to be a star superstar. He's the kind of franchise player you build behind. He's going to be our Vlad Guerrero. He's going to be our uh, Victor Robles. He's going to be our Ronald Acuna. Um, he's just going to be an electrifying presence. And I'm so... The, if you need one thing to kind of keep you invested with the team, and he's a great person, super hu- super humble, very, like, just nice and dedicated to baseball loves the sport great teammate loves well i was talking to him he kept like trying to pull other people in like oh this is my friend daniel santos has you have you met daniel santos like you should talk to him too like trying to spread the spotlight around a little just a great 80 grade person so yeah
1: that's the thing you need to be excited about the
0: matthew Robert. yes he is that's what we're looking at here he is uh absolutely both a talent a scholar and a gentleman
1: yeah so and that is you mentioned actually something I want to talk about like that is one thing that like when it's it's easy to fall into the darkness and like think Mm -hmm. about how bad this year and possibly next year will be sure when I remember that we have Julio coming and to a lesser extent but I'm still excited about like Evan White and Kyle Lewis who could probably be on the team by 2021 doesn't seem out of the question
0: I will tell you, I saw Evan White play in the Arizona Fall League. I saw him live, and he was clearly one of the best talents on the field as well. Um, He's great to watch at first base. His defense is absolutely as advertised. He was, and I mean, this was like, his team was getting kind of blown out because the Braves pitcher who started the game just sucked and gave up, like, six runs, like, right off the bat. Mm -hmm. And Evan White is still out there, like, diving into first base to try to get a guy there like just diving plays to his left to his right incredible range beautiful athlete a plus runner very fast runs like a deer out on the bases just a really exciting talent and he has power I mean I saw him and the, the pitching in the fall league is eh, kind of suspect but I saw him really really put a charge into some balls and um Make some really loud, solid contact. And he's a he's a nice kid, too. Really, um, all the reports on him as a person have been that he's humble, hardworking, helpful, nice, everything. So very yeah. excited.
1: So he seems like the one, to go back to the original question, that we're most certain will be on the 2021 yeah. roster. And then yeah. Julio, or excuse me, Julio, Julio is the one that, I mean, obviously we're most excited about. Right. That's...
0: White will be assigned to AA this year. I expect him to move pretty quickly. There's a chance White is on the 2020 Mariners, which will be exciting.
1: That's dope. Yeah. Uh, all apologies to Ryan Healy, but we got we got your replacement just just incubating. Yeah. You are
0: so hard to watch, Ryan Healy. Like I really like him as a person, and you just have made it so challenging to watch you take at bats.
1: Yes, but who knows? Maybe he'll figure it out. I I wouldn't hold my breath, but maybe it happened. I don't know.
0: You know, there's a possibility they try to game his service time and send him down to for, to Tacoma this year. It would be a yeah. really scuzzy move. But they've made but, some I mean, scuzzy moves scuzz lately. it up,
1: dude. Like, why not?
0: Yep. They, uh, you know, didn't add Art Warren to the 40-man, which I'm still mad about. I'm almost certain he's gone in the Rule 5, and I'm going to have some... Really harsh yeah, I mean, words to say about that.
1: Relievers are the ones that get plucked in that, especially someone who's as like physically imposing as him. Like someone's yeah. obviously going to take a chance on Art Warren.
0: Yeah, like a dude who throws high nineties, who had the season he had just like one season ago. Still pretty young. Like you can very easily hide him in the bullpen. I think that that was one of the worst decisions. They're taking a risk on the fact that he had some shoulder problems that teams are going to be mm-hmm. scared away by his medicals but like his MRIs are clean he's yeah he's he's as good as gone I think and the worst part is they're going to get nothing out of him a year after the rays were like very dogged in trying to trade for him so Sick. bad move mariners
1: Yeah um I have a question that's kind of in line with the last one, it's about the future, and it comes from one of our own. This is from Isabel Manassian. She And I did my research on this, so if you are not prepared, I'm fully ready to just field this question on my own. Run Isabel at, Isabel said, please select one 90s slash early 2000s rap song that reflects what you anticipate the 2019, 2020, and 21 seasons to be like. So I put a lot of thought into this. This was most of my day. If okay. We're being honest. So for twenty nineteen, I'm going with "Tipsy" by Jay Kwan. Do you remember that song? No. Everybody in this bitch get tipsy.
0: Okay. Everybody in this
1: bitch get tipsy. That's how I'm gonna be for the entire season. I'm gonna be really, really tipsy.
0: Okay. As
1: will probably everybody in this bitch. It's gonna be a sad, a lot of sad drinking. And I'm not advocating that. Obviously, don't cope with your problems uh, by drinking alcohol. But it is. It's in the cards. I think it's going to be one of those kind of seasons and the product on the field will probably look a little tipsy some of the time. So that's my <laughs> thought. Also, I just like that song. So there's an excuse to listen to that on repeat several times, um, shout out to Jay Kwan. Uh 2020, I'm going with Halftime by Nas, because I think that's about halfway to where we want to be. Hopefully seems like a nice time to stop and readjust, you know, take stock of the organization like a halftime, you know that one was easy. That one wrote itself. And then, 2021, Kate. I'm going. I'm going bold here. I'm going with award tour by Tribe Called Quest because I think that that's the year that it all happens. And we have either Mitch Haniger MVP, maybe. Who's to say? Edwin Diaz, Cy young Those mm-hmm. are awards. They can go on a tour for that. Or let's dream big. The banners make the playoffs, win the World Series, win the baseball equivalent of the Champions League, which doesn't exist, and we go on an award tour and everything is great and life is happy again. That's the dream for 2021, and it's going to be soundtracked by award tour by trap Called Quest. So thank you, Isabel, for that question, which uh, really brightened my day, if we're being honest. and made me think. I agree with
0: everything Matthew chose. That's what life is. Okay, yes.
1: Thank you, Kate. Sorry, that one was totally me, just like... It's like an ISO situation in basketball. Like everyone, clear out. Let me take this, <laughs> and then I, d- I just went to work. So you did, you did. Now I guess the the nice thing to do would be to let you choose a question if you have any that you would like to tackle.
0: Well, I would maybe say that uh, we got a question from. Speaking of tipsy, we got a question from Audrey Sarah at Now Why Later. Which alcohol have you found to best assist you during this hellscape of an off season? Again,
1: beautiful question. We
0: at Lookout Landing do not re- recommend drinking away your
1: problems. No, um, it, we recommend... it does not work. First of all, I can tell you no, that.
0: No, no. It makes you feel worse. hmm. Yeah, for sure. Uh, what we really recommend as far as healthy health, being your healthiest self, uh, we recommend, um, not being online so much and thus not being able to see the latest news that uh, the Mariners are wreaking upon us, we recommend checking yeah. Lookout Landing as your one major news source where we will True. distill the bitterness into a, we will, we will candy coat it, we will dip it in some metaphors, and we will we will give it to you. And it'll still be bad, but it'll be like when you try to give your pet a pill and you like roll it up <laughs> in the little pill pocket. That's how we do.
1: Yeah. It's like none of us really like this, but we got to do it. Yeah.
0: In general, we we suggest remaining as offline as you possibly can be, because outside of the Mariners, there's like a whole other world of shit out there, and you don't need it. You don't need it. Let other people distill it for you and tell you about it. Don't don't experience that directly through the scrolling of Twitter.
1: But so alcohol. Uh... But alcohol. Okay. But
0: yes, if you are if you are. Uh, of legal age and able to consume alcohol. Yeah. Um.
1: I've I've recently uh become a little bit of a red wine guy, and before I go any farther, I need to clarify not good red wine by any stretch of the imagination. Uh-huh. I'm like, I walk into the grocery store, and if it has a cork in it, it's probably too expensive. <laughs> I need to go the twisties. That's more my speed, mm-hmm, ones that mm-hmm. just have like a bottle cap on it. I think that's helped. It's, uh, it's nice to just not drink beer all the time, which is essentially liquid bread and just feel kind of crummy afterwards. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So maybe get into red wine. I don't know. Check it out. There's a lot of selections out there. You can learn a lot about wine, about yourself and the feelings that wine will elicit from you because, oh boy, there is a lot. So uh, if you want to get into that, maybe explore Uh, you know use the winter as a time of self-exploration and Mm -hmm. red wine Mm -hmm. is a great place to find that
0: especially if you go to like one of those wine and painting classes right where you like
1: oh dude yeah Yeah. do that don't even listen to any baseball news or don't even own a computer just go to wine and painting classes Mm -hmm. and then have your friends like print out look out landing articles and bring them to your doorstep in like a paperboy situation. Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. That's the way to do it. That is 100% the life that you should all be living. Yeah. Um,
1: and then add some red wine, maybe buy some turtlenecks, look for like an apartment with exposed brick. Just live that kind of life, you know? Have bad opinions get about Get some jazz. plants.
0: Get some plants.
1: Plants. Yeah. yeah get
0: like a fiddle leaf fig. Yeah
1: yeah like look up cool places you could travel to but don't actually go to them because it's too expensive that's what you need to do Mm
0: -hmm, mm -hmm. these are all the only life
1: advice i'll give you
0: okay i think these are all reasonable workable things i will say that i have started tending a plant collection and i started it right about when the season ended and it's extremely satisfying to grow something it's like having my own little farm of prospects but none of mine flame out and get shoulder damage
1: that's because plants do not have shoulders.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, you know, they don't get the equivalent. They don't <laughs> get, like, leaf rot and stuff. So far, all of mine are are alive. So put me in charge of a major league baseball farm is what I'm saying. And just give us, like, an hour. We'll solve all the problems every week. I will it's say... Plants, uh, I, uh,
1: red wine, and Kate. Kate as a farm director. Kate That's as a farm trifecta. director.
0: Can I run for that? Is that, like, an elected office? Get a Kate wave you know, going?
1: The Sounders let the fans vote on who should be the GM. I think we could do something like that for the farm director.
0: Uh, for all, let's, let's put the entire organization up to a vote, because honestly, Ooh. people were asking, how can we be fans of the Mariners after this? And I, I feel like we should have the chance to vote out Kevin Mather 100%.
1: Yeah, and vote Dan Vogel back into some plate appearances, because he needs them. You're not going to get better sitting on the bench that's everyone knows that let Vogie hit that's my, well, that's my somebody asked who will be the
0: dh this year and i want to be clear like i think that they are literally going to go with dan vogel back at the dh they're not yeah, signing they anyone. should right like, yeah like, i mean honestly you're tanking anyway why not let the kid finally get a chance to show i could easily see a path where dan Vogelback is the most enjoyable thing about the 2019 mariners which yeah. is let's and be clear not, not a good thing no, not a big I good disagree.
1: Thing. No, I disagree.
0: <laughs> All right. I think well, if you're going
1: to be bad, like I said earlier, maybe this was before we started recording, if you're going to suck, you got to suck loudly. and Suck let out people loud. Remember yeah, suck name. out loud. Suck out loud. Yeah. You can see the headlines now Mariners baseball. They suck I, out I think loud. that that might and be it's just our. Dan Vogelbeck missing a ground ball.
0: That might be our, um, our slogan for this year. You know, the Mariners are going to come up with whatever bullshit. They, uh, yes, always compete. Um, good, whatever.
1: Good was so weird. Good was remember, bad. Uh, like early 2000s, it was in the commercials. You gotta love these guys. Yeah. It was fun.
0: Yeah. Maybe we did. could go with you don't guys. gotta love these guys. Like, mm mm. Yeah.
1: No, here we go. Manners 2019, log off. <laughs> don't pay <laughs> attention to them.
0: <laughs> All right. On that. <laughs> I think that is good for this week. Thank you so yeah. much for everybody, to everybody who sent in questions for us. Thank you, Matthew, for joining me. Um, you know course. it's going to be a long, hard, weird road, but at least we've got each other. And in the meantime, follow the sage advice of Matthew Robertson and log off. I'm Kate Pruiser We'll talk to you again next week. We
1: so I be sublime. It's enjoyable to know you in the concubines. Take off your coats, ladies act like gems. Sit down, Indian styles, you recite these hymns. See, lyrically I'm Mario Andretti on the Momo. Ludicrously speedy or infectious with the slow-mo. Heard me in the 80s, JV's on the promo. Am I never in the quest to get the paper on the caper? But now, let me take it to the queen side. I'm taking it to Brooklyn side.
0: Or like, whatever, I'm lying. It's gonna be like three weeks before we record another one of these.